This was recorded at the 20th Chinwag Live event Search and Location-Based Services on October 7th, 2008 in London. Featuring on the panel Felix Peterson of Places and Nokia, Chris Moison from Tap2, Andrew Scott of Rumble, Peggy and Sulce from M Search Groove, Adrian Drury of The Cloud, with consultant and Mobile Monday London coordinator Joe Rabin chairing. It was sponsored by the UKTI. The event was produced by Elizabeth Varley and Deirdre Malloy on behalf of Chinwag. Part 3. Lawrence John from the Amadeus Seed Fund. We give money away to startups occasionally. Um, <laughs> the question is, this feels early and fragmented. Could the, comment, could the panel comment on how quickly this might be, like, done, right? Sewn up, done, as location-based services. This isn't one or two years this is kind of panned out and finished. And is it going to aggregate, like, Amazon and Google, and there'll be big winners, or will it stay beautifully fragmented like the music industry? So, Peggy, um, do you have a crystal ball? Can you answer that one? I have, some, I have some thoughts about what it might not be. Um, because, again, of the personal nature of the device, I mean, we have to think um, mobile. It's not an extension of online. It's, it's, we really haven't gotten our head around it. I mean, there are lots of uh, um, people who say that even just the way we advertise on mobile has to be completely rethought. You know, how effective is it to have... I mean, I'm, I'm testing mobile campaigns right now to write a white paper on, um, on mobile analytics and mobile campaigns. And uh, I did this because I wanted to do it as a newbie, and I found it the most frustrating thing across the ad networks, and I've looked at a lot of them. Um, the white paper's coming out at the end of the week, actually. But you, don't, you can't even uniformly choose the number of characters. You, know, you can have 24 characters here and this one, 31 there, 18 there. I mean, I found that I had something very, very simple. I'm just giving away a free download chart of some statistics. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a made-up site. It's a fictional site of um, weight lo- loss, so it's calorie-burning activities. But the point is that even there, as, as an entrepreneur just trying to test them out, I couldn't get the word diet to fit in next to free. And you know, it's like, well, what, what, what other keyword am I going to use? And you know, my point is that we have to understand that it's very, very different. That's one thing. And your question about will it become, will it stay fragmented, um, I do believe in that because of the, of the long tail of interest. It's very different. It's mobile. It's personal. It's a very different medium. And it will, uh, I, I, I certainly wouldn't want it to uh, aggregate all around one or two companies. That's, uh, that's not the idea. That's not the open, the open idea of the open mobile web. Um, my point, um, yeah, it is really fragmented. It's a bit of a mess. Um, um, and how will it end up? Um, I guess if I was in a location-based company at the moment, I've kind of, there's a company called Moximity, uh, I think based in Austin, Texas. And they kind of, that makes sense to me in a loca- location, or it makes logic, really. You start in one locality... Uh, get the demand and the supply side right, and then you move out into another locality, um, which is quite an interesting approach. Um, Okay, thank you. Uh, We have a question in the middle, then I'd like to take two more, and I think we'll probably be done by then. Um, Hello? Yes. I'm uh, Hans uh, from Ambisense, and we we, uh, make uh, solutions and services for, uh, for the mobile sector. Um, I have one question directly to Places.com, uh, and that is, what is context for Places.com? The second question is to all of the panel. Uh, since our markets are in, um, 
in travel tourism and education. And I would like to ask you, and we have been doing location-based services for the educational market. So what about mobile learning? Do you think that um, uh, advertisement is key there? Okay, so taking the places question first. So I guess the question was, what, what is context for us? Um, yeah, well, it's um, pure latitude, longitude. So where is someone? How far is he away? It's the kind of place that you're at. Um, so is it a restaurant? Is it a hotel? Um, is it a private home? Is it work? Um, and this will extend to basically everything that this beautiful device can find out. You know, might look into your calendar and find out that you're in a meeting. Uh, it might see that you're with 30 people that you've interacted before with or that you're just with one person that you're with all the time. Um, you know, whatever sensors you have that you're heading north... Um, also, you know, what are you going to do in two hours? Um, context is, is or, and of course, explicit presence information. So, am I available? Am I on a call right now? And things like that. So, um, yeah, really anything that we can, um, or that you are willing to give away about yourself. But mostly, I think the most important is the link between. Um, uh, pure spatial information and a meaningful semantic location like a restaurant. Okay, thanks for that. Um, does anybody have any comments on mobile learning and the advertising aspect? Peggy? I have one in theory. Okay. Because um, I'm a great believer in sort of counting the times I hear the word targeting and relevancy and what people mean by that and understanding, I mean, I've had some amazing interviews with people. It's like, well, you know, we, we know they voted for, um, we, we know they're out near a cinema, and so we can do this, 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 and this, and we can tack it all onto their SMS text as well, and we can annoy the hell out of them, but it's going to make money. And you hear these seriously told as, as business models. So... I'm thinking about the idea that, you know, ultimately, and this was your point as well, you know, what do you do to, to actually get the brands interested? And I think it's really going to come down to something as simple as asking and starting a dialogue and trying to understand that maybe not on a one-to-one basis you can't do that. But there are examples of that. I mean, there are, there are Blick examples. There are Blick um, Me Too examples. There's Comtel in Australia. There's, there's you know, Virgin Sugar Mine. I'm not saying that these are the only blueprints, but they are showing some impact. And therefore, in an education uh, scenario, I would imagine that in that, you actually are engaged in a dialogue. I want something from you. You want something from me. We can trade some information here. I wish to learn something, and you can learn from me what I want to learn and what my interests are. So I would imagine that's actually a very good scenario to deliver some advertising based, again, on that engagement. Okay, thanks for that. Um, at the back here. Hi, my name is Quake from Flutomatic. Um, I just want to know, this is for the panel and most probably Rumble at the most. Um, it's, will you distinguish between personal profiles and business profiles? Like, as I understand, like, for all your searches, you'll be served with content, like previous searches and your location and all that. But, like, for instance, tonight, I did a search on Slug and Letters because of the meeting year. In my daytime, I do searches on, like, um, dating sites and stuff like that because that's the type of industry I work in. But I'm actually in a relationship. So 
if at night time I want to go somewhere, are you going to provide me with content, like the wrong content, or do you distinguish between business and personal profiles? Never, never. It'll always be perfect for you, trust me. No. Um, so how are you going to find that out, Andrew? Okay, so, so at the moment, in a nutshell, what we do is, is if, you, if you rate a place, um, you that infers trust with anyone else who's rated that same place. It doesn't matter whether you know them or not. And that might be you know, uh, a high level of trust, or it might be the opposite. It might be the fact you don't trust them for that type of place. And so we then analyze all the places and we can work out. Because in real life, you, know, you trust one person for music, you trust another person for food. And so that's, that's how the algorithm works. The next sort of generation of our algorithm, which we're starting to work on now, um, will start to bring in other elements um, of either semantic data or, or as, as Adrian said, context. So you know, time of day. So you know, we'll be able to then start to record um, and, and analyze the fact that your, your pattern of usage between 9 to 5 is different for what you're looking for and what you're interrogating and clicking on and what you're drilling down into uh, during that time. Because for us, it's all about giving you actually less choice. It's about giving you less options. Because less options me- means you can choose more quickly, and, and, you know, provided those options are relevant. So, yeah, you're entirely right. And it, and it goes back to the point of, of it being actually really complicated. You end up with a huge amount of data. There's a lot of number crunching. It's difficult to scale. It's computationally intensive, all that stuff. But you're completely right. In order for it to work, I think on mobile, these social tools are going to have to work a lot harder to actually get the attention of users. Because on Facebook, you've got a big screen, you're at work, you know, you're doing it when the boss isn't looking, you're clicking through photos. I think the usage case for location services is different. You know, it's all about the fact that you want, want information quickly. Does that answer your question or not? Adrian, if you wanted to answer that as well. And then one more question, so hands up. Please. Just, a, just a very good point. I think you raise a really, really interesting point there, which is, you know, different, depending on what site you're looking for location-based data on, yeah, it sort of is a very good indicator of context. Um, one of the things we haven't really discussed this evening is how all the big social networking groups are going to go towards location-based, right, when they go mobile. Yeah, you're going to look for something very different if on the location-based function on LinkedIn Yep, than you are on Facebook or MySpace and so on and so forth. Yep. The fact that you are on that site and you have a brand relationship with that site and you have a profile on that site and a history of behavior on that site is going to inform context in a pretty major way in the future, I think, particularly as they move onto a mobile device. Okay, thanks. And on to our final question. Uh, yeah, hello. My name's Hugh Chambers from Plus Telecom. And um, way back in the early 90s, I was looking at uh, etiquette. In my particular case, it was video phones. Uh, what was interesting at that time uh, was that women would not pick up a video phone if you gave it to them. and they cost a fortune. Um, I'm fascinated with uh, Facebook and the way that uh, the social etiquette is uh, developing. I am concerned uh, that networks, uh, and I'm uh, familiar with Skyhook, but uh, the etiquette of who's watching who, uh, and uh, I certainly do use my filters because I have a number of business connections on my Facebook. Yeah, I'm a prolific LinkedIn user, uh, Plaxo, all of these. I think there's going to be a, a sea change in, in etiquette, and I think some people... Uh, out there, particularly, I mean, we're all pretty educated around here in, in mobile uh, and in web, uh, but I don't think some people appreciate just how much you can be watched. Uh, and uh, I think we've got a challenge going to be, uh, we're going to head against uh, 
uh, and I suspect it's going to come from, unfortunately, the regulators. Okay, so turning that into a question that the panel... Do you agree? <laughs> Over. Uh, the challenge of social etiquette. So what is the, the challenge we face is dramatic change in people's behaviour. Humans are going to behave differently, radically differently, to the way they have ever behaved before, and the regulators aren't going to like it. No, no sorry. No, that's not it. No. <laughs> Humans are going to behave exactly the way they have behaved before. Um, what's going to happen is they're suddenly going to, or a regulator or a politician in any country you want to pick in the planet, is going to start saying, oh no, this needs to be regulated. And this, I think uh, you were talking about the networks earlier, uh, being the ones who are going to perhaps be the, uh, the gatekeepers. Uh, okay, um, let's do this this way. Um, do you perceive massive changes in human behaviour, or is it, as our questioner asks, people just behaving the same way? And what, as your concluding remarks, what do you what do you what do you see as the future here for regulation, Peggy? Me, right? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, it's, it's very it's it's very varied. We're 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 assuming that um, there's a change in behaviour when actually what it is is it's just communication again. It's just communication on a larger scale. What I think is interesting is what will happen when we can actually sort of start to collect, connect these dots, rather. I mean, it's one thing to say you're doing this on this network, but we have technology that will allow us to treat sort of all social networks from a dashboard perspective, and then I can sort of really piece together people, and I can see you across all of your networks and put that all together. I think that's going to be very interesting, and that's not too far off. Um, as for the regulators, well, you know, all we need is just one good case somewhere, and something's going to happen. There's this uh, you know, prolific woman from uh, Vodafone, Annie Mullins, who goes around to all the conferences telling us what her day is like going into the regulators and hearing the grief of, um, you know, being in head of Vodafone and what, what that responsibility is. And at some, time, at some point, it's just going to happen. And uh, that's when we'll get to that. Okay, so a couple of things. I mean, I think there's an... Again, it's about control of the, the industry. You know, the industry isn't as open as it, as it is online. So at the moment, you've got services like sort of, you know, Vodafone giving access to YouTube and then worrying because... You know, the parents phone up because their child's seen something they shouldn't, and they phone up Vodafone instead of, instead of YouTube. And, you know, the operators have kind of made their own bed with that in a way because they're sort of saying, well, you know, we're offering you Vodafone Live rather than saying, you know, we'll give you in access to the mobile internet. So I think that's an educational thing that needs to change. They have to just accept that they say, you know, we're going to give you access to the mobile internet, but what's on the mobile internet isn't our problem. You know, they'll obviously offer services like child locks, whatever. Um, specifically about location... I mean, there are services already online which are trying to aggregate and allow better control over a, a disparate number of services. So you take Yahoo Fire Eagle, which Rumble supports, and essentially that sits at the middle of a wheel, like a hub, and um, any services that support it, when you change your location using Fire Eagle or one of the other services, it changes your location on all the other services. But what it also does is, is dictate to those services the level of control that they have about how much information they give about exactly where you are. So whether it's exact whether it's um, a bounding box, whether it's a city, etc. So hopefully those sort of services that have appeared online because of the more you know, open nature of online can be applied to mobile services as well. And that will give users much more control. 
Moving on down the line here, just uh, uh, concluding remarks. Um, Yahoo Fire Eagle. I love the names we give our products in this industry. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, mobile telephony, yeah, you know, it's changed people's behavior. You know, I mean, I think it's, you know, we've gone from a, a product that didn't really exist at the beginning of the 80s to a thing that, you know, that we have 102% penetration here in the UK. Um, and I think, you know, location-based services are sort of an important evolution of, of that process from, you know, location-specific voice to location-specific data and everything that goes along with that. So, yeah, I think there probably will be some incremental change in behavior as a result of that. Um, you know, as to the regulator, as to the operators slash regulators' role in this, um, yeah, absolutely, the operators at some point will wake up and start getting quite scared about this, and it will become a political issue, and you know, the, the usual stuff will happen on page five of the Daily Mail. Um, but um, the, you know, but underlying all of this is the operator model is going to change quite significantly over the next sort of you know five years or so, and it will move much more towards an open IP model, I think most people accept that that's going to happen. It's going to become more open rather than more closed. Um, so I think that should probably sort of help dissipate that effect a little bit. Um, I'm not an expert on regulation, um, but um, I kind of go back to Felix's point about um, tracking versus publishing, and I don't have a... Um, I'm not mad keen on tracking, but I think it's absolutely fine if you want to publish um, uh, your your personal information. Um, but also, um, uh, not um, sort of trying to be a woolly liberal about this, uh, but can't everyone... The, the mobile companies can currently track where you've been. There's enforcement, and there is a kind of level of protection already. I mean, you read about it catching baddies because of their mobile phones and things like that. So um, before we kind of sort of worry too much about this, it already exists now. And um, so I'm kind of pretty relaxed about it, I think. Well, um, in terms of changing our behavior through um, technology or through location-based services, um, I agree with you. We, the patterns of social interaction don't change. It's just the amount of information that we have at hand at every given time that changes. And um, that's... That's an amazing thing, and 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 uh, location-based services will be kind of the next level of that. If you think about it, a couple of hundred years back, we were stuck with the people that you know we grew up with, with the clan basically, and then we were stuck with the people in our village, and then we were people. Then you know, even a generation ago, we were stuck with the people in in our school or at our work because it was very hard to to reach out and basically um, uh, to other people, in, uh, let alone in other countries. Um, there was basically a jet-set lifestyle that very few people could lead. And today, everyone can kind of have you know, the upside of that kind of lifestyle. They can connect to people all over the world. Um, and, and, and all of a sudden, they find their little tribe everywhere, very distributed, and not just their next-door neighbor. I mean, just because he's close to me doesn't mean he's interesting. Um, and, um, you know... So I think that's really what's happening now in Facebook, um, which is kind of a virtual thing then, but, but people do fly to other cities and meet up and, and now bring this power back to the mobile and, and, and make it context-based. And then you can, um, then very interesting things are going to happen, very wonderful things actually, that, that um, um, I'll detect the people that are really interesting to me uh, close by and, and, and meet them. And that will certainly change the way the outcome, not the pattern will change, but the outcome will change. Well, thank you for that. I must say that I'm, I feel rather as though you had a rather sad 
childhood not being close to people you like. But now, here we are. Um, at this point, I'm um, supposed to sum up and, um, and close us down for the networking session. Uh, the, the, um, the difficulty, of course, is, as the question came from over here, that uh, we are in an extremely fragmented uh, environment where there are lots and lots of different things happening. So to sum up, what would you say in this circumstance as well? You have to say there are lots of things happening. Lots of people have different views. People have more or less similar takes, I think, on the panel here this evening, but have very different perspectives about how that's going to evolve. Um, from my perspective, I think um, this has been a long time coming, location-based stuff. It's been in the wind since the beginning of mobile data stuff. I don't think that we've got to the bottom of this issue now. I will be very interested to see what's happening as things progress. Um, it's very encouraging to see places acquired by Nokia. They clearly see that very important. But I wish you all equal success, those of you that are seeking that kind of outcome. Um, and, and that's it. So can I just ask you please to thank our panellists for this evening. And, um, Deirdre, is it back to you, or is that it? That's it. Okay. Chinwag Live, search and location-based services on October 7, 2008, was a Chinwag production sponsored by the UKTI. For more information, please visit www.chinwag.com. Thanks for listening.